Malachi. Chapter 1. Last time in September, I, I was preaching the first five verses. And today, we will together meditate on the rest of the, this chapter. So, Malachi chapter 1. Here is the word of God. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, Wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Whereas Edom says, We are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus says the Lord of hosts, They shall build, but I will throw down. And they shall call them the border of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord has indignation forever. And your eyes shall see, and ye shall say, The Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. A son honest his father, and a servant his master. If then I be a father... Where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Says the Lord of hosts unto you. O priests that despise my name, and ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? Ye offer polluted bread upon my altar, and ye say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for Sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto the, thy governor, will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts. And now I pray you, beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This has been by your means. Will he regard your person, saith the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for not? Neither do ye kindle fire on my altar for not. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. For from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles, and in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the heathen, says the Lord of hosts. But ye have profaning it, in that ye say the table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even his meat, is contemptible. He also said, Behold, what a weariness is it. And ye have snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts. And ye brought that which was torn, and the lame and the sick. Thus he brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand, saith the Lord. But cursed be the deceiver, which has in his flock a male and vows and sacrifice unto the Lord a corrupt thing, for I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts. 
and my name is dreadful among the heathen. May the Lord bless the reading of his holy, precious, and infallible word. Dear church family, so last time we have seen Malachi 1 to 5, but that is five months ago. In case you forget, I will do a quick review on what is happening in verse 1 to 5. So the Israelites return to the homeland. It's around after it's already been there for a hundred years by God's grace. But the time they're still under the government of Persian. So they're still experiencing some poverty and some mistreatment, maybe. But they are not in a favorable situation. So at that time, they're complaining, they're murmuring toward their God. And they ask God, where is your love? Because they think they, after the exile, they can be treated very much better than before. But in fact, they're still under the rule of Persian government. So they murmured against God. And God explained to them as their heavenly father so patiently. God explained to them that they chose Israel. They chose Israel. He has loved them. He has loved them in the beginning. So today, when we meditate on the rest of the chapter, we can see we can see such they they had a, another wrong view of God. So in verse one and five, they had such a wrong view about God that caused them to see that God does not love them anymore. They did not interpret the circumstances through the lens of God's attributes. On the contrary, they, inter- they interpreted God's attributes in light of their circumstances. However, dear church family, wrong thinking of God never comes alone. Wrong thinking of God never comes alone. It often follows a wrong worship to God. One minister has said, wrong thinking about God and wrong worship of God goes together. So after God correcting their false interpretation and false theology about God, in first five verses, he is now exposing and rebuking their insincere worship through the mouth of Malachi in our text today. So our theme today is God's question to Israel. Where is my honor? We will address this into three points. First, God's name despised in verse 6. Second, God's sacrifice polluted from 7 to 10 and 12 to 14. And third, God's name magnified 
verse 11 and 14b. So three points, God's name despised, God's sacrifices polluted, and God's name magnified. So let's see the beginning of verse 6. God here makes a very clear statement that everyone would understand to expose their problems. So children should obey and honor their parents, and their servants should honor his master. It's the common knowledge we would know. The word honor would be, can be understood as weight or heaviness, implying that authority should be respected and honored in a weighty and fitting manner. However, after stating that statement, God asked them, especially the priests, if then I be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear, says the Lord of hosts unto you. We know that God is Israel's spiritual father. He brought them out of the land of Egypt. He fed them during the wilderness. Also, he gave them the blessed homeland, even though they repeatedly betrayed their father. But he still helped them to return to their homeland. However, he did not receive the proper honor that belong to him. And also God asked, where is my fear? Those Israelites did not show a godly fear and reverence toward their God as their master. This fear is not a slavish fear, but rather reverent, respectful, and obedient fear toward their heavenly master. Because he is the Lord of hosts. Sadly, sadly, he was not being honored. Our God is not being honored and feared from his children and from his servants. On the contrary, they despised his name. The Bible says, O priests, that despise my name. How tragic it was that those priests did not honor, did not fear the name of the Lord. They did not love and obey Him as their Father. And especially the case with priests who were more privileged than the people they were ordained by God to do all the, the sacrifice, to offer sacrifices. They needed to teach the Israelites the law of God. They acted as a mediator between God and man, offering prayers and sacrifices on behalf of God's people. However, pathetically, they felt. They felt. They despised God's name. 
and not only priests, all Israelites despised God's name. When we see the second point, we will know that they offered the polluted offerings. They should know the teaching of the Moses. They should know what to bring for sacrifice. But they did not do that. So they're not innocent. No one is innocent. Dear church family, the message, this message is also for us today. Not only for church leaders, but for each child of God. If you are a Christian, you are also a priest, as 1 Peter 2, 5 says, that you should offer spiritual sacrifices to God. If you are a Christian, you are a priest. Therefore, dear church family, this message is for each of us today. When God asked the Israelites, where is my honor and fear? And rebuke them by saying, you despise my name. We also need to examine ourselves. Do I honor him as my father? Do I fear him as my master? Or do I despise him? Despise, the word despise here is used in contrast to the word honor. It means to think lightly instead of having weighty thoughts. We need to examine ourselves. Do I regard my God as heavy or as light? For ministers, preachers, elders, and deacons, we need to examine ourselves if we are teaching the sheep according to His word. Do we correct them when they're going astray? Do we devote ourselves to God wholeheartedly? Puritan Richard Baxter says this, the great and lamentable sin of ministers of gospel is that they are not fully devoted to God. So dear church leaders, we need to examine ourselves. Do we walk godly before the Lord? And for all of us, all of you who profess that you are a Christian, you also need to ask yourself, do I honor Him, love Him, and obey Him? Do you listen carefully to the Word of God and do it? Is your life matching your profession? You may know all kinds of right doctrines, but do you live out of the doctrine you know? Or are you living a life that Jesus speaks in Matthew 15, 8? This people draws nigh unto me with their mouth 
and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Dear church family, this is a warning to all of us. We need often to examine ourselves and come to the Lord to repent our sins. Indeed, we are sinners by nature. By nature, we are so prone to despise His name, not giving the proper honor to Him. So many times we are so prone to give honor to ourselves. Dear church family, we need urgently to pray to God, Oh Lord, let the Holy Spirit teach us, teach me, guide me, and lead me to honor thy name, Lord. Let us honor him, not only by our words, but also by our deeds. However, interestingly, these Israelites, they thought they had no problem. Let's go back to our text. They thought they honored and feared his name. They hardened their heart and asking, wherein have we despised thy name? They thought they were so good. At this point, what will God do? Let's consider this in our second point. God's sacrifices polluted. So God responded to their question by exposing their conducts. Here we read, Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar. God thereby brought their heart problem to the service. Here, bread could be taken in the sense of food. It refers to all the sacrifices that they offered to God. And the word polluted here means something that was ceremonially impure. It is not fit for worship because it was defiled and blemished before the holy God. They ask, where have we despised your name? God answered, you despise my name by offering all these defiled and blemished and impure sacrifices to me. They all know what is acceptable to the Lord. Because in ceremonial law, repeatedly talks about it. For example, in Leviticus 22, verse 20, God says, But whatsoever has a blemish, that shall ye not offer, for it shall not be acceptable for you. But they did not do what God required. They want their own will to be done. And you might be shocked by their response to God's charge again. You may think that when they heard God rebukes, they will immediately come to the Lord to repent, just like the people of Nineveh. However, here in our text, they hardened 
their heart again. They ask God again. We read, "Wherein have we polluted thee?" They did not think that they had polluted God's sacrifices, even though God has already, already talked to them. They thought they're doing good. They thought they did it correctly. They justified themselves and proudly contend with God. They regarded God as if He is a dead idol. They just offered superficially, not caring about what was offered upon the altar. They thought they're doing well. They're not wrong. God is wrong. They thought God is wrong. How miserable these people are! They question God's rebuke again and again. They harden their hearts like stones. But dear church family, again, this message is to us today. Do not be shocked. How many times, when we examine ourselves, how many times we are like, we were like, these Israelites? Do we always humble ourselves before the Lord? When we hear His voice by way of preaching, your daily devotion, admonishing, exhortation, or even rebuke from your fellow believers or your family members, dearly beloved, God speaks to you in various ways by His word preaching, by the way of reading the Bible. From your pastor, your elders, your deacons, from your parents, your children, sometimes your spouse, from the church family. As we live in this world, we not, we need not only their care or their encouragement, but sometimes we need their rebuke. We need their exhortation. As a Christian in this world, we need. Godly friends to live as a pilgrim, just like John Bion's famous book. We cannot work alone in this world, because many times we often deceived ourselves. We often cannot see ourselves clearly. So, children among us, imagine that you wear a coat. But you do not know that your the back of the coat is dirty, and your friend come to you and tell you that your coat is dirty. In that moment, were you believing him, or you just don't want to hear their voice? You need to wash it, because many times you you cannot see your back, don't you? Likewise. Every one of us, every one of us has spiritual blind spots. We need 
to be repeatedly reminded of the word of God through the work of the Holy Spirit. The question is, do you harden your heart when you hear these words? Do you harden your heart like those Israelites? Sometimes you may even using Bible verses to justify your actions. We need to humble ourselves before the Lord when we hear the admonishing, when we hear the exhortation from other people, if they're saying the word of God. We need to often, always humble ourselves. We need to ask God's help to soften our hearts. Ask God to always to take away our stony hearts and give us a heart of flesh. May you can pray as Isaiah 54 says, Wake my ear morning by morning to hear as the learned. Dear believers, dear friends, do not be like proud sinners to justify yourself, but humble yourself before the Lord to seek forgiveness, to seek help, so that you can look upon the Lord again and again. Do not harden your heart. So when these Israelites harden their heart once again, How does the Lord respond? God here confronted their sins in two ways. First, those Israelites verbally despised God's name and polluted the sacrifices. In verse 7, they said, The table of the Lord is contemptible. In verse 12, They said, the table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even his meat, is contemptible. In verse 13, they said, behold, what a weariness is it. The word contemptible means despised or without value. In other words, they treated the table of the Lord, the altar, the sacrifices of the Lord, as if they have no value. Yes, they offered outwardly, but inwardly they thought there are no value. It, it was a burden for them. It was a weary to them. They did not take their calling seriously, and they even feel sick of it. So although today we do not offer animals as sacrifices, we are dealing here with an expression of worship. They are, we are now, today, we are worshiping God as they were offering the sacrifices. So we should examine ourselves to see if we despise God's name and pollute our worship. And treat it, treat worship as something weary. 
and make it as a cheap religion. As a preacher, as servant, a messenger of God, we need to examine ourselves to see if we are conducting biblically in our worship. We need to examine ourselves whether we are polluting His word in worship or exalting the triune God. And for all the officer, office bearers, you need to examine yourself whether you regard God and your service as weighty and important or whether you think lightly and view your work a hardship, a nuisance. And for all of you profess yourself to be a Christian, are you verbally polluting God's name in manner of worshiping? Do you sometimes think that going to the church, going to the house of God to worship is a weary thing? Maybe it is a habit for you, or maybe your friends or parents give you pressure. You need to examine yourself. Do you worship Him as your Lord, as your God? Do you talk all these music, sports, or political things right after service? Do you feel sick to serve others, making it something weary? If so, we need to repent. Dear church family, we need to humble ourselves to repent before the Lord. Indeed, no one is perfect. No one is perfect. This situation might describe you and me sometimes, maybe very often. So we need God's grace to help us. We need God's grace to help us to repent daily and come to Him daily. Help us to worship Him, not despising Him, not making our worship as something no value. Second, God exposed their what? God exposed them to show them what they were doing by their deeds. So first, God exposed their sin by their saying and now by their deeds. In verse 8, 13, 14, we can see that God rebuked them for offering blemished sacrifices. They offered the lame, the blind, and the sick as sacrifices to God. We already mentioned this before, that God's requirement for them is to offer a perfect sacrifice. Why does God require that? Because all these sacrifices point out, foreshadow the upcoming our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the perfect and complete sacrifice. 
However, those Israelites did not want to hear what God's word, did not care about what's, what is God's requirement. They despised God's name by offering actual, the offering imperfect and blemished sacrifices. They thought they were doing good. They thought they, they did. They did offer the sacrifices. However, they worshipped God not according to His word and His standard, but according to their imagination. Their heart is not right. Because they have such a wrong view about God, as we have seen in first five verses of Malachi 1, so he has such a wrong view about God. So their heart is not right. They despised God's name. What a wicked thing they did. In verse 8, God said, Offer it now unto thy governor, where he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person. So we can see again, Malachi uses governor here, which is a Persian term, referring to a Persian governor. God simply asked them, would you give your governors blemished and bad gifts for the gift? Would they be happy and accept your gifts if you give them these blemished gifts, if you bring such things and try to ask your governor to help you, would they help you? No, they would not. Probably would send you into prison. Likewise, in verse 9, Malachi used sarcastic language to ask him, and now I pray you, beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This has been by your means, where he regard your persons. In other words, Malachi is saying, do you think God will hear your prayer and help you when you pray to him, but at the same time, you despised his name? You offer all these polluted sacrifices. The answer is no. God will accept neither you nor your gifts. As God continued to speak in verse 10, He would rather shut the door. He would rather shut the door of the temples and not kindle the fire on the altar. God was so displeased, so displeased by their ignorant, lukewarm, and careless worship. It would be better if there were no more sacrifices, no more meaningless psalms of praise, no more empty prayers and petitions. Just silent. God is saying, if you keep doing this, just keep silent. God was so provoked by their corrupt and superficial worship. Dear church family, 
it's not hard to imagine some similar situations. So, boys and girls, think about if your best friend has a birthday party, and you want to bring him or her a birthday gift. Would you bring him or her a package of melted and smelly candy? If you do so, I suppose your friends will not love it. They will not want your gifts. And also, suppose a husband, a husband wants to prepare an anniversary gift to his dear wife. And on the way back to the home, he picked a rotten apple on the apple tree. And when he get back home, he said to his wife, "Oh, honey, you are the world's best wife. I love you so much. And here is a gift for you—a rotten apple." What will your wife think about that? Yes, you have beautiful words. You did give her a gift, but the gift is blemished. The gift is not fitting. Will she be satisfied? I don't think so. She might say that it's better for you to not give this to me. That blemished gift, dear church family, that blemished gift reveals some deeper issue in this relationship. I want to say this again: a blemished gift reveals some deeper issue in this relationship. A blemished, if a blemished, imperfect worship reveals your attitude. When you worship to God, reveals some deeper issue between your relationship between you and God. Likewise, dear church family, a dead, external, self-focused religion will never, will never satisfy God. God will never be satisfied with thoughtless, heartless religion, regardless of the form it takes. You may have a formal pattern of worship. You dress well, come to church. You may have a formal pattern, but you need to examine your heart. I need to examine my heart, whether you regard the worship of God as weighty, or you just come to the church as an obligation, just like a formalist, just like the Pharisee. They focus on their outward deeds, but they're corrupt inwardly. Those Israelites thought they did well, but they were still under the rule of Persian. Therefore, they murmur against God, thinking God does not love them anymore, and God has changed. But they never examine themselves. They never see their work. They thought God has changed, but actually they are the persons changed. 
their heart is dead. In Matthew twenty three twenty seven, Jesus rebuked the Pharisees. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like unto whitened, whitened sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Their religion was dead. So dearly beloved, as we hear the word of God preached to us today, when we come, to the church to worship our triune God, we need to prepare ourselves. We need to examine ourselves. Do I come to worship Him with a fervent heart, with a desirous heart? I want to worship Him. Or do I just focus on my outward deeds? I just sit here. I don't care. I don't care what the preacher is speaking. I just sit here. Do you think you come to a theater to watch a drama? When you sing psalters to praise our Lord, when we sing, we when we sing, we are praising the Lord. But we need to examine ourselves when we sing the psalters. Do you truly praise Him in your heart, or you think, "I don't like this melody. I I just don't want to sing it." Do you think singing praising to God is a weary work? When it comes to Congregational prayer. Do you truly pray with the preachers, or do you take it as an opportunity to take a nap? When you hear the word of God is proclaimed, do you regard that as God Himself? Is speaking to you, or do you think you are hearing some boring literature? And ultimately, do you have a regenerated heart? Do you have such a relationship with your Savior Jesus Christ, dear church family? The word of God is preached to you again today. Humble yourself before the Lord. We need to repent if there is some lukewarmness and carelessness in our heart. We need to worship our God as our Lord, as our Lord, as our Master, as our Heavenly Father, with honor. And godly fear, inwardly, inwardly, we need to serve our God wholeheartedly by offering ourselves as living sacrifices to Him. 
And remember, dear church family, the form of worship, although form of worship and the content of our service are important, the heart in both is crucial. I do not say that the, then the form is nothing. No. The form and the content is also important. We need to reform our forms to the Word of God. But our heart, here, the most important thing is, is our heart. If our heart is right. So after exposing their sinful behavior in despising God's name and offering polluted sacrifices, God himself proclaimed that he would magnify his name. That's our third point. In verses 11 and 14b, he declared that his name shall be great among Gentiles and heathens because he is the Lord of hosts. One commentator comments this way. God will raise up a people to serve him. If we do not, others will take their place. It is so true what is expressed in Romans 11, 11, through their fall, salvation is come unto the Gentiles. Malachi here is predicting the rejection of the Jews and the calling of Gentiles into the church. Because of those, their disobedience and their ignorance of the Jews, and now salvation come to us. Salvation come to the whole world through Jesus Christ, who would come after four and four hundred and fifty years after Malachi's proclamation. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to this world to save sinners from their sins so that He broke down the between us. He has reconciled both Jews and Gentiles to God. He's such a wonderful, beautiful Savior and came and preached peace to you. How beautiful it is, dear congregation, dear church family. Jesus Christ came so that those who are far or near can be brought into Him. God so overruled the sinful deeds of Israelites that become a blessing to the world. How beautiful it is. We can worship here. We can have salvation through Jesus Christ. We can worship here freely. We can worship in a private place, family worship, even at school or workplace. We are not worshiping like Israelites by going to temple and the altar, because Jesus said to Samaritan woman that God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We don't have to go to his temple to offer the sacrifices because of Jesus Christ. We can worship him freely 
in spirit and in truth. God shut the door of the temple of Jews, but opened another door to all men who come to Him. How beautiful it is, dearly beloved. You do not need to offer the bloody sacrifices today. You don't need to ask a priest to be your representative to bring a sacrifice, because you have Christ, who is the perfect sacrifice, who is the ultimate high priests. The book of Hebrews, especially chapter eight. To ten, address this. He is the perfect sacrifice, without any blemish and sin. He was offered once for all. He is the perfect high priest who lives forever, pleading, praying always for his people, always interceding for his people. In Hebrews seven twenty five, the Bible says, "Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever lives to make intercession for them." Dear friends, if any of you today, if you do not believe in him. If you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, with the only Savior, today the gospel is free, free of is offered to you freely. Do you believe in Him, such a wonderful Savior who came to save sinners? Dear friends, humble yourself. Cry out to him today. Even today, after you go back home, cry out to him. Oh Lord, help me to see thee. Help me to see you. Do not harden your heart. Do not harden your heart. And for dear believers among us. What a comfort for you! How beautiful this is! Because of disobedience of Jews and obedience of Jesus Christ, salvation comes to you. How beautiful it is that God's name is magnified throughout the countries. And you can worship Him freely, and in every place shall be offered a pure offering unto Him, His name, because Jesus Christ, He is the pure offering. What a comfort that God can accept our worship, even though. So many times we come to church, maybe with a cold heart. Sometimes we are so easily distracted by other things, but God accepts our worship.
not according to our deed, but because He sent a true worshiper. He's genuinely submissive, Son Jesus Christ, in our place. This is our confidence. This is our hope, dear church family. God now accepts our worship because He sees us as He sees the true worshiper, Jesus Christ. God now sees our worship not in light of failure, but rather He sees the perfect worship of His Son, Jesus Christ, in our place. As one commentator speaks so beautifully, Christ's perfect worship makes our weak and failing worship acceptable in the Father's sight so that He welcomes us joyfully into His glorious presence because of Him, because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, dear church family, Let us behold our Lord Jesus Christ with a repentant and reverent heart. Let's come to Him again and again to seek help, to seek strength, to seek comfort from Him. Cry out to the Holy Spirit to correct our views of God again and again. Cry out to Him to help us so that Jesus Christ might be precious to you more and more. Pray to Him to lead you, to render your heavenly Father again and again honor and fear, because He is worthy. Pray that He would teach you the right way to worship, and give you the right heart to worship again and again. Dearly beloved, may today's message would convict each of us, would humble us before the Lord. May today's message will help us to examine ourselves and come to Him with a repentant heart. And moreover, may this message can also lift you up and give you tremendous comfort because you have such a perfect, you have such a perfect high priest sitting at the right hand of the Father always praying for you, always pouring out the heavenly graces to you. Dear church family, if God asks you this question today, where is my honor? May each of us can answer him with humility and with confidence Because of our our Savior, Jesus Christ, Thou hast received our worship, O Lord. But Lord, please help us, help me, help me to 
offer myself wholly unto you. Help me not to despise thy name. Help me to serve thee and to love thee and to worship thee according to thy word with all my heart and soul and mind. May this will be the prayer of us. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, oh, what a merciful God we have. Lord, Thou art merciful, but at the same time, Thou art just. Thou will not see our sin as, not, as they're not sin. But Lord, we're so thankful that Thou hast sent the perfect worshiper, Jesus Christ, in our place. So that so whosoever ever sinners who come to our Lord Jesus Christ will seek the help, the forgiveness, and thou accept our worship. So Lord, please help us to worship thee truly in spirit and in truth. Help us to not worship thee according to our imagination. Help us to not despise thy name. Give us a reverent heart, a fearful heart, a loving heart toward thee. O Lord, help us to see that thou art such a wonderful, great Father who brought us out of the bondage. And ultimately, Lord, help us to see the person of our Lord Jesus Christ, to see His teaching, to see His work, to His finished work, to send us so that we can be strengthened again, we can be lifted up again, and we can be comforted again. And Lord, we pray for those who do not believe in Thee yet. Please, please open their hearts. Show them that thou art the great king over all. Thou art the Lord of the hosts who is controlling over everything. Soften their hearts so that they can come to thee with a repentant heart. And Lord, we ask all these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.